Health Chat. I am your host, Andy Friedman, LICSW. I am a, a licensed social worker and also a certified cognitive behavioral therapist. And as always with me, the wonderful Dr. Alyssa Handler. I'm a board certified internist. So that's someone who's board certified in internal medicine. So we have a very exciting show for you today. Very interesting. Um, however, I wanted to just put it out there that we have a Facebook page and we'd love for you to visit our Facebook page and put your questions or if you have ideas for a show that you'd like to hear about, um, please put it on our Facebook page. And it is the Health Chat Podcast faith Facebook page. So just go on Facebook and look up Health Chat Podcast, and that is us. So, and we'd love, love, love to hear from you. So please do that. Um, today's show is about osteoporosis and everything that you would like to know about osteoporosis and how and when you should start thinking about getting tested for osteoporosis. So, um, Dr. Handler, why don't you just give us a little overview about osteoporosis, what it is, and um, what it means, and we'll go from there. Great. So, as we usually start our our, our topic, we always like to define what it is we're actually talking about because sometimes people don't actually know the definition of what I'm talking about. There are a lot of misconceptions about what it is. So today's topic, osteoporosis, uh, the definition of that is that bones become brittle and fragile from loss of tissue, typically as a result of hormonal changes or deficiency of calcium or vitamin D. A lot of people actually forget that bone is actually a living tissue. Okay, it's not just this static thing that you're born with and it never changes. You actually develop a height of bone mass around your 20s and then there can be some de uh, depletion after that. Um, that is really cool. I mean, I don't think people really think about it that way, but yeah. And there's a balance of tissue growth and loss, and there's, there's cells inside your bones called osteoblasts and osteoclasts. Osteoblasts are the bone-building cells, and osteoclasts are the bone-dissolving cells. And so there's this difficult and fragile balance wow. that occurs throughout our lives. And of course, the balance becomes tilted in that osteoclastic direction, the disintegrating one as we age. Um, and there are things we can do to actually slow that down and actually prevent bone loss. That is really interesting. Now, this is something new for me that I'm learning right now is that your your bones are kind of constantly turning over. Correct. Oh, that and is... And actually, you're correct. It's called bone turnover. Oh. And that's, that's actually <laughs> something we measure as doctors, not just in a bone density, but they're actually biochemical markers that we can measure uh, in real time. Oh, And cool. we can measure it through a urine test. And that kind of gets into a little more technical stuff that I wasn't going to talk about today in terms of how we monitor ongoing bone loss or bone treatment once we're actually establishing a treatment for uh, osteoporosis or, or low bone mass because there is a spectrum there. That is really, really interesting. So do you, can you tell us like when we should start thinking about osteoporosis as a as an issue or when we should start talking to our doctors about well before I let I'm sorry let me just go back and what should we be doing to like keep our bones healthy exactly yeah so what we want to do is actually think about preventing bone loss right and there's definitely a lot of things 
some things we can't prevent. Some things are, are you know, it gets into the risk factors that we wanted to review about what actually is a risk factor for bone loss. And it gets into one is your age. Um, second thing is your sex, um, your race, your family history, oh. and your body frame size. Um, so those are, you know, those all go into uh, risk factors for us for bone loss. There's also um, definitely lifestyle things that go into oh, risk do factors. Tell, so do we tell. love talking about our our modifiable risk factors, right, right. which comes into play. And a lot of these things we've talked about in our prior episodes, such as with cardiovascular disease, health and nutrition, right, right. right? Uh, we talked about some of these things. Yeah. And the the top three are being sedentary. So okay. um, being right. without, you know, not exercising and not keeping right. our muscles strong around uh, our bones, which right. is what I talk about consistently with everybody when they come in, yes. is just being active and keeping those muscles strong around the bones. It actually forces the bones to maintain strength. That's one thing. Second thing is alcohol. You know, my biggest right. thing is Right, yeah. We, is we're going to have alcohol. to have a show on yep. alcohol, yeah. <laughs> so it's been shown that uh, drinking too much alcohol also will deplete our bones uh, of their of their calcium and, and strength. And the third thing, of course, is tobacco use and smoking. Um, and then we want to talk about a little bit about what the building block blocks of bone really come into play, like calcium right. and vitamin we, we D. Think about, yeah, we think about calcium a mm-hmm. lot when it comes to bones. but And we hear a lot about this, and some of it is controversial in terms of how much do we actually need. Right. This question comes up a lot. Right, it right? does, yeah. And okay. actually, I'm curious to know about that. So So there are established calcium guidelines that we follow for people 18 years old to 50 years old. Uh, This is for men and women, a thousand milligrams of calcium per day. It's for women over 50 and men over 70, it's 1200 milligrams a day. And so that is inclusive of what you're getting from your diet uh, and maybe um, supplements, but we do like to focus on dietary right. stuff, and I'm sure you talk about that a, a lot, lot in your practice. Yeah, yeah, yes, a lot. And so a lot. I tend not to uh, suggest extra supplements because they can also have side effects. Yeah. Like if you take yeah. too much calcium, you can get kidney stones or actually increase yeah. calcium deposits in your coronary arteries. Ooh. Those little arteries we talked about at one of that our That feed the heart. That about, we talked about yes. in our cardiovascular talk. Yeah. So those can get clogged with calcium deposits, and <gasps> it's been shown if you excessively supplement calcium, it can I, end yeah, up in I, the coronary arteries, and so you don't want to be too okay. aggressive and yeah. end up with heart disease instead. Vitamin D also is a, a bit uh, controversial. We need vitamin D. It's a very important vitamin to absorb calcium from our GI tract. And vitamin D sources are either from what you eat from dairy products, so it's okay. only in dairy in our food source, or okay. we make it from sun exposure. Okay. So, so. Vi- the only naturally occurring source of vitamin D is the sun. Or, cal- or or dairy products, which correct. also have a lot of calcium in it, too. Which also have calcium, yeah. correct. Okay, interesting. Now, for my lactose intolerant patients, yes. which are many, yes, and it's very, yes, very common, yes, and yes. especially as we age, we lose a bit of our ability to to metabolize lact- yeah. lactose. Yeah. Um, so yes. for those people who can't get dairy, get any dairy from their diets, those people, I do recommend a dietary supplement 
for vitamin D of about a thousand units. It comes as international units. Right. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Vitamin D, a thousand unit international units daily because they will most likely automatically have D deficiency, and that will automatically put a big stress on their <gasps> bone health. Yeah. So we don't want to let people become vitamin D deficient because then you can eat all the calcium in the world and you will not absorb it and you'll end up with problems with your bone health. So the amount of vitamin D for someone who's not lactose intolerant, right. who's getting it just, just from their diet, it's a bit controversial. Again, this, this is the studies keep changing on this. Yeah. Uh, anywhere from 800 units up to 4,000 interna international units per day is safe to take. Okay. And for that amount, so people just ask me, oh, should I have my levels checked? We don't routinely have to check levels on people with normal dietary habits or people taking up to 4,000 units of D daily. Uh, we don't want, again, want to take too much vitamin D because it actually can become toxic in your in your fat stores. So some vitamins are water-soluble, meaning right. you're going to pee out anything that you take in extra, like a B vitamin, um, like B as in boy. Right. That is water-soluble. You can't take too much B. Vitamin C, too, no, right? C as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, mm -hmm. but the A's, the D, E, K's, yeah. those are all fat-soluble vitamins. Okay. So, so D, we want to be careful because if you take too much, you can actually become toxic, and it definitely causes I think I uh, feel issues. another show coming on that we should talk about supplements. Yeah, sure, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there's a lot of uh, yeah. information about that. Again, controversial. Yeah. Um, the studies keep changing on some of these topics. I'm trying to give up-to-date information. Yeah, no, that's good. Um, and that, I think that's a really important yeah. point. I don't mean to, to Go ahead. stop you, but yeah. that, that this is the way science works. This is the way medical science works. And when new information comes in, we integrate that into our knowledge base and into your medical practice. It, same with, with mental health information. So that's why it's really important for us to be doing these shows like this to keep everybody on the most recent information. Yeah. And and I used to check vitamin D levels routinely on everybody all the time. And then the studies came out that, that showed it wasn't actually helpful to do that. And that we can, a lot of people will have slightly low vitamin D levels. It doesn't necessarily mean they're going to end up with a and problem. And that's one moment in time, too. Exactly, <laughs> because they fluctuate. Yeah, um, right, exactly. But if, if someone looks consistently low in their vitamin D, then I will such, uh, suggest either having an extra dairy product per day or if they don't, if they can't count on doing that because either they don't like it or they're intolerant, right. then I'll say then it should be right. from a vitamin source. There's some actually great, I do take a vitamin D supplement. Um, maybe I need to look into that more and see if I really still need to do that because I, I do eat dairy and um, I think I'm getting enough sun. I try to get enough sun. <laughs> um, but there's some really palatable options. You can get gummy off. If you can't take the pills, you can get gummy off. So there is a way around it. And mm -hmm. also, I know that calcium supplements, if somebody does need it, vitamin D is usually in those supp supplements too now because of this there thing. There is some, yeah. right. So unless you're <clears throat> chewing just Tums, which is calcium carbonate, which yeah. has no D in it, then a lot of the calcium supplements will incorporate some D in it. So it yeah. depends. And everybody's an individual. And so this is just generic information, you know, generalized. Yeah. But I do yeah. try to personalize it when I look at someone and I analyze what is their intake from their diet? How much uh, 
are you outdoors or, or not? You should be wearing sunscreen. I, I actually never promote sun exposure to get enough vitamin right. D because it can you cause put skin the cancer. On, right? right. It's so, always a balancing yeah. act. So I, I actually prefer right. it is safer to get our vitamin D either from dietary sources or from a supplement and not from the sun. So, okay, so that, so we're talking about you, you need to get um, enough calcium um, and enough vitamin D. Some of the foods that you wouldn't expect to have calcium, calcium in them that do are like the leafy greens and the broccoli and these sorts right. of things. So, I, you know, you can look it up. But you may be surprised that there are things other than milk. Correct. So basically to really be basic to, for yeah. people, I ask them how many greens on average per day are they eating and how big are their servings and then how many servings of dairy are they having. And if they're getting less than four total per day of those, then I'll suggest a supplement. supplement. But most yeah. people are getting about yeah. three or four per day. So most people actually should not be supplementing unless you're reviewing it with your doctor. Right. Because there are other things that decrease your calcium absorption, uh, such as some medications people take. Um, ah, there are other yes, medications. Yes, and yes, prednisone, yes. like steroids, oh, uh, right. anti-seizure medications, ah. uh, antacids like Prilosec, the PPIs, can oh. decrease our calcium absorption. Ah. Um, cancer drugs, know. transplant mm -hmm. rejection drugs, right. these are not as common. Mm -hmm. uh, there are other conditions that interfere with uh, bone health, such as celiac. Again, these are malabsorption syndrome. Uh, celiac, right. uh, inflammatory bowel disease, kidney liver disease, cancer, lupus. Multiple myeloma, rheumatoid arthritis. Those Sounds are just like a to lot name of um, a few of those. autoimmune diseases and, and that sort right. of thing. Yeah. Um, so there. Okay. Are, so so um, we had a few questions. Maybe yeah, that could yeah, come yeah, out yes, of what I just did. said. Yeah. Yes. Of course. So I mean, would you notice any symptoms? What symptoms would you notice if you were starting? This is really about osteoporosis. Mm -hmm. So this is or bone so or bone diseases. I guess. In general, you know, I, I can't think of how I would know to... <laughs> right. So I guess your question sounds yeah. like, yeah. are there any symptoms of bone right. loss right. That, that you might yes. have that would suggest yes. a reason to get tested or levels checked? Yes. And, and the answer is actually no, that you it's a silent pr process. Okay. And, and unless you have a... a a risk factor like some of the malabsorption syndromes I talked about, right. or if you've had an unexplained bone fracture, one that wasn't traumatic, like okay. where you obviously, if you fell down the stairs and broke a bone, that's, <laughs> that's one thing. Normal. But if you right. just sort of bumped into something yeah. and broke a rib, yeah. that actually could be considered a fragility fracture, okay. um, or you know, yeah. something where a fall not from a height, mm -hmm. where you just fell down and broke a wrist, that, that actually could be considered a fragility fracture okay. and might be a, a, sign a sign of low bone mass or osteoporosis. And so there is a continuum. There's a, when we measure the bone density, which is something we can talk about. Yeah, let's talk about that. When we that, get to that, sure. like yeah. who should get it, how do we interpret yeah. it. 
there's a continuum. And, and actually, it's been shown that most people who fracture are not the ones in osteoporosis, they're actually in that medium, that mid-range called osteopenia, which we've renamed as low bone oh, mass. I've heard of that, so and I didn't it. know what that meant. I, I've heard of it. Um, so, so most people have heard of osteopenia, which mm -hmm. is low bone density, but we now have renamed it as low bone mass. Low bone so mass. So there's either okay. normal bone, yeah. low bone mass, yeah. or osteoporosis. And Okay. And, and so we, you're going to talk about, I, yeah. I'm sure, about how... Well, is, so since it's a sort of silent process, is there a certain age when we should be starting to yes. get tested for low bone mass? Yes, and that's exactly what I wanted to go over. Okay, is Good. people say what? When should I get a bone density? Yeah, and it used to be, I would say, maybe ten years ago. I would be getting bone densities on every woman about two years after menopause because losing our estrogen is actually then, the yeah. most, uh, it's it's what causes most of bone loss. So our, our bones are very sensitive, like I said, to hormonal to hormones, changes. Yeah. And estrogen promotes bone growth. And so it, it when you lose your estrogen, it promotes those osteoclasts to get, you know, more active. And so, I guess so I need your to get bone, a test. So that the yeah. few years after menopause can be a sign of stress for the bones. Um, and so I used to get bone densities then. However, the studies show now oh. that we no longer <laughs> should be doing that. And actually, the age of getting first bone density, if you're otherwise without any risk factors right. and you haven't had any fragility fractures, or strong family history of osteoporosis, nope. which yeah. which can be also a reason, yeah. um, is 65 years old for women. Oh. It's actually changed to 65 for women um, and 70 for men. So I think uh, there was a question that when we were chatting earlier about what whether women are more at risk right, than men. Right, right. You and think the, of it as a woman's yeah. disease, but it's... So yeah. it is... Uh, Obviously, it's going to be more common for women because yeah. we have more hormonal changes that happen earlier in our lives, yes. although men yes. do lose testosterone over their lifetime, but later on, and so they're more at risk later in their life. And so men are also at risk. Uh, there can be insurance issues sometimes, I've noticed, if I try oh. to order a bone density on a man, it's not always covered by their insurance, oh. so that can be a little bit of a barrier for a man to do be able to, to get a bone density. They have to have another symptom. They have to have either height loss or back pain or something else uh, because women will automatically qualify being postmenopausal. Right. Postmenopausal is a diagnosis that after menopause, you will automatically, your insurance company will automatically <laughs> yeah, cover yeah. a bone right. density. Right, right. So I hate to. <laughs> make recommendations based on what insurance covers, but sometimes right. we are left with what the insurance company will cover. It's good to know when you're going into it and that you, you know, sometimes the doctor you ha has to kind of fight for it a little yeah. bit. Now, it's not a really expensive test either. It's, oh. We're talking about a test that's maybe about $100. Uh, so unlike a CAT scan or right. an MRI, which right. is much more expensive, right. we're talking about a test that is about $100. Oh, okay. So okay. it's within the, yeah. Yeah. Okay, and, so. And then, of course, yeah. if you if you do have risk factors, if you're higher risk and we're monitoring, if you're in that middle category, you should get them every two to three years. If it's totally normal, you could get one every 10 years. If it's not clear, if you have some risk factors, maybe every five years. So it's not something you have to do every single year, right. like a mammogram. Oh, that's good, yeah. Or, and it's mm -hmm. not something that will ch change rapidly if you're otherwise healthy. 
then it's about once every five years is the guideline after you get your baseline. Oh, that's does that answer the question that does about answer how the question, often? Yeah, yeah. Um, and of course, exercise it's really good to key. know. It's that's it, really good um, to know. Yeah, and, and yeah. we'll we'll we can talk a little yeah. bit about. So we're going to talk about maybe about treatment. Yeah, well, so um, yeah, things like that. What exactly? So, what, if you do get a diagnosis of low bone mass or osteoporosis, you did mention medications that might be prescribed or what's the treatment for right. for that if you do so again uh People get very worried about these drugs that are yeah. available now to treat osteoporosis yeah. or low bone mass yeah. and it if you decide to go on to one there there's a cost there's a risk you know risk As benefit with, most, with every drug with most drugs um, yeah but I can tell you that that the risk of a fracture is way higher once you reach these low lower bone masses and osteoporosis especially. The risk of actually having something really bad happen to you, shorten your life, um, fractures in your back, you know, crushed spine, uh, a broken wrist, a broken hip that knocks you out of commission also increases your risk for actually dying. Yes, um, yeah. Those risks are way higher than the risk of taking the drug. Right. So we're talking about making a decision along with your doctor to see what measures should be taken to replace your bone mass because once you've lost it, you actually will not be able to replace it. Uh, and people ask me also, can I just be on calcium and vitamin D? Isn't that enough to build back my bone? And unfortunately, the answer is no, that you will continue to mm. lose your bone mass. I think it's something about 3% per year. I have to look up that, that amount. Maybe it's 1% or 2% a year. You'll continue to lose bone mass uh, without being on either these medications like Fosamax or, uh, or Avista. Those are two choices that work differently. And there's also prolia, which works on a hormonal way. Oh. And then there's injectable drug, which for people with severe, severe osteoporosis yeah. is called Forteo, yeah. which works differently. Uh, that's a daily injection. There's lots of choices to be made. What's, what is the mechanism that do they somehow trigger that those cells that build bone or do they shut down those cells that, that dissolve bone or... So that's a complicated question. Uh -oh, I'm sorry. I actually uh, would have that's to for another ask. Yeah, have to basically ask a pharma. Why don't you ask person. online and we'll get you that yeah. information? So, so they all work differently. Yeah. And the, depending on what class of drug you're talking about, they all work differently to either slow down that balance uh, or the pro where the osteoblasts are kind of cranking up. Right. They'll slow down that process or they'll use other mechanisms to increase the building blocks of the bone and incorporate more calcium into that into that bone. Oh, I so, see, I see. so they They're all work differently. And I mean, they, it's they're really working on some of them hormonal mechanisms, which is really often the contributing factor. Does I mean this we're, this is also a topic for another day when we can talk about menopause and, and hormone replacement. But is if somebody is on hormone replacement from an early age, would that kind of prevent osteoporosis from That's happening? That's true. Yeah. That's true. If you're on, if you're 
if you're not menopausal, meaning you're on hormones, right. or you have your own hormones, or you're taking hormones, right. then you're actually, your bones are protected. Oh. So that's actually Another a choice. Another reason to think about that. <laughs> so it's a choice some people have to make right. when, if they can't tolerate any other drug, and or there's reasons that they can't be on certain drugs because of either allergy or mm, kidney yeah, function issues yeah, yeah. Or, or gastric issues because each drug can have its own little side effect profile, right. then sometimes people are left with being on hormones, which can have some side effects in themselves, yeah, but yeah. that actually can be a valid choice for some people to make about their bone health. Oh, well, that's, that's really interesting. And also another thing to think about if you are thinking about going on hormone replacement, that it, it does protect your bones, too. Right. And so that, again, there's a lot of things that I know, are risky very, about hormones very that, complicated. that I wasn't going to get into. No, 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 no. But, but it's that's a great a question. Day. It's, it's a, a great, different, yeah. great question because because hormone replacement can be a way to protect your bones. Again, it should be carefully done by the by an expert person, either an endocrinologist or a gynecologist who knows how to counsel that person about the risks of hormones. So you mentioned that um, exercise is very preventative. Obviously diet, we talked a little bit about that, and exercise being very preventative. And I know that I don't like doing strength training, but one of the reasons I do strength training is because I'm a swimmer, which is not weight-bearing. Correct. And you've heard a lot in the news about weight-bearing exercise, weight-bearing exercise, and for this reason, right? Okay. Yeah. So I love that you bring up weight-bearing exercise <laughs> because uh, when I was doing some review, we had to be reminded that weight-bearing exercise actually includes any kind of walking or any weight going across your bones or your muscles. So that doesn't include swimming. It doesn't include uh, the... Um, biking. Right. So those are great for cardiovascular. Things that your support. I mean, you can yeah. think of it with, you know, exercises that you're really supported by, like the water supports exactly. you in swimming. and So those and are excellent for cardiovascular yes. health, but they will not give you bone strength. And we also want to be have people who have low bone mass or osteoporosis be careful when they're they're actually saying to stay away from jumping and running because jumping and oh, running can yeah. actually Stressful. put too much stress on yeah. your bones and actually create a fracture, yeah. like a stress fracture in yeah. your foot or your back. So I found that a lot interesting. Of, a lot of my women friends who are runners who are of my advanced age <laughs> get often get stress fractures, and I'm wondering if that's... And explains that, a lot of it, yeah. Yeah, and they might have uh, uh, fragile bone syndrome. Yeah. So it's important to bring those questions up to people's doctors. And in fact, you ask your doctor what, in fact, what exercise would Anytime be safe to do. Anytime you start an exor- new exercise regime, you should have a conversation with your doctor. Right. Um, I so always it, recommend that. Absolutely. It's great to keep those things in mind. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but strength training, weight training is good and yep. and it doesn't have to be large weights i tell yeah, all my women no, low weights, that low weights, we don't yeah. need large weights across right. our joints to create a strength a strong right muscle right we're talking three to five pound weights are plenty you don't yeah. need to have 10 15 pounds in fact those could increase your risk for an injury yes. so we do need to be yes. really careful right and people should be working with a trainer that's or what i was gonna say that you should you should at least start and get on a r- routine with a trainer who is knowledgeable um dealing with 
older clients and things mm -hmm. like that. Yeah. But even just walking with water bottles, I tell you don't need to oh. buy any equipment. You just you don't take need your those two, weights, you know. Nope. You <laughs> can just get two water bottles <laughs> and walk yeah. with your two water That's bottles. That's a great idea. And you don't need any fancy equipment. So to a physical walk. therapist told me that uh, cans of Beans are like one pound each, yep. and you can do all kinds of exercises in your house with cans of beans. So, yep. or the two, two water or the bottles. Or the two water bottles. I didn't yep. think about you it because those are kind of more handy for yep, your and hands. Yeah, you can just hold those and walk with them, and then <laughs> at the end great. you hydrate with them. It's That's great. That's great. That's yeah. great. So, what what else? Um, if anything, you would like us mm -hmm. to know about bone health in general and osteoporosis. So. Definitely getting screened if it be, if someone looks like they're at risk. Okay. Talking with your doctor about whether medication is warranted and what are the risks and being aware that the risks are probably much lower than you think and that the risk of the fracture is really much higher than people predict. And we are living much longer. And so I tell a lot of women yeah. that the reason why we're screening for these is because we're now living a third of our lives now after menopause. Right. And, it's, and we want that, that last third of our lives to right. be healthy. We don't want to end up with surgeries or fractures or end up in a nursing home or those women with backs that are bent over, that yeah, is completely I, preventable. Yeah, okay. We should not be seeing that anymore. Yeah, I was in just gonna I was gonna ask you what happens if you, you have osteoporosis and you do nothing about it and these are some of the things. Yeah. What else could happen? Yep, yeah. you, you can't breathe well because your oh, lung, your yeah. lungs get compressed from the back fractures. Again, pain painful fractures. These people can live with a lot of pain in their back. Um, loss of mobility. So this is really you know, important. I mean, I yeah. don't think people think of it as they yep. think about cancer, they think exactly. about heart disease, but they're not thinking of their bones because, like you said, you think of these, per they're like a permanent structure exactly. in your body, and it's an organ. And the bones also um, produce our blood, too. That's right? true. That's a, that's that's a topic true. for another time. They come from the marrow and the bone. Right? Yes. Is that right? <laughs> that is true. Okay. So our bones are wonderful. Yeah. So we need our bones. Mm -hmm. Bones are very important. Yeah. Uh, it's hard. You can't look inside your bones and say how strong they are. I love when people say, oh, I have strong bones. And... I'm wondering, well, how do they how know? Do you know? Because that? they've never had a bone density. And so a lot of it can be genetically determined. People say, oh, I've drank milk my whole life. I eat a lot of calcium. And unfortunately, some people who have excellent diets will still have osteoporosis because of their genetic predetermination. And so it's important to know what's run in your family. If you're skinny and have these skinny little bones, like, like I do, do the bird we bones, do, we do you know, that, that means you're more likely to have a low bone mass. And oh, so really? when you start off with a lower bone, mass, uh, then you're more likely to, like I said, you're going to end up losing a certain amount every year after you lose your hormones. And you and get to a your, point. Your bones are going to be at risk. So it's really food for thought here. It's really something to think about that I have not consider. There's a lot of things now I have to go home and process and consider. <laughs> so, but I, thank you so much. Thank for, you so much. It's yeah. always interesting to talk about these things and hear the questions that come up. I'd love to hear questions from the... Yeah. From you know, the, it's funny because I am a pretty, I would say a pretty well-informed I'm not a medical doctor, but for somebody sort of a lay person, I consider myself pretty well informed. And uh, I'm already, we've had, it's, this is our fourth show, and already I've learned so much. And today's show was quite eye-opening, and I learned about 
the flu shot, too, that I had. We talked about that before. And um, I, I just hope that you listening at home find this information really helpful and learn something and have something to talk to your doctor about that you didn't think about um, before. Right, and just bringing it to people's awareness because, yes. like you said, people worry about cancer. They worry right. about heart disease. Right. And yet our bones are so important and it, For so many it reasons. is going to get more important because we're all aging. And quality of life important. That, yes, and people yeah. want to be independent. They That's don't right. want to be relying on others to help them. They want to keep driving and right. do as go and do sports and possible. ski and all these things. Yes. So, so we need our bones, and yeah. it's important to just be mindful of the things you can do as and the risk factors care, we talked and about. And take care of them, yeah, and, and the risk factors and, and what we can actually do to prevent some of these things from happening or at least slow it down. Right, yeah. and there is still a lot of controversy about some of the medications okay. and some so of the supplements. So stay tuned for updates. So, so I do my best to keep up to date with yes. that as yes. well as most physicians yes. do, most internists keep yes. up with it. And when I don't know the answer, I do refer people to my endocrinology friends because they are the experts with bone health. And so I often I get opinions from my endocrinologists to go over these because the criteria do change, and they meet every year in these big conferences to talk this about the This is one of their the specialties. Correct. So that's a really good point, and I'm glad you brought that up, that if it goes sort of you do have some osteoporosis or something more serious and you need to see a specialist, that your doctor will refer you, and I guess it's the endocrinologist Correct. that you get referred to. Correct. Endocrinology huh. is the study of horm hormonal things, right. including diabetes yes, and thyroid. Right. Thyroid. Uh, osteoporosis and Right? Bone yeah. health is a common one yeah. that I often seek my own advice from my endocrinology uh, colleagues as well. Oh, well, that's good. Dr. Alyssa Handler, thank you, thank so, you so much. much. This it's is always so great. fun to talk to you. Yes, and once again, I just want to say that if you have questions about this show um, or you have other questions or other shows that you'd like to see Health Chat do, please go to our Facebook page. Please, it's Health Chat Podcast on Facebook. Please set, write us a question, a comment. If you have a comment, if you didn't like or didn't didn't agree with something that we talked about here today, please uh, don't hesitate. Um, contact us, and and we'd love to hear from you. Um, so. From me, Andy Friedman, and Dr. Alyssa Handler. Join us next time on Health Chat. All right. Good job. Good job. <laughs> <laughs>